we don't take time to be really bad at something and then learn how to get good at it. Like that's just what we have to do. Right. And I think, you know, there, there come moments in our business where we're like, you know what, this isn't working. I got to scrap and go with something else. But I also think that if we stop looking for the, the quick fix and the next best thing, and we stop expecting results immediately, <laughs> we understand that overnight success takes, takes years. Then we can give ourselves a lot more grace and way more space to figure this out and to put in the work. Well, hey friend, welcome to another episode of the Heather Sager Show. It's me, Heather Sager, and I'm honored to be your speaking coach here today in this episode. I've spent the last 15 years studying and building my communication skills to inspire and teach business owners and their teams from stages around the world. I've had the honor of speaking on more than a thousand stages on topics of leadership, premium brand positioning, sales, and of course, communication. And now my focus is helping fellow online entrepreneurs become magnetic speakers so they can make a bigger impact in the world while growing their income. This show right here was designed to give you a dedicated space each and every week to grow your skills and keep your big goals front and center. And if you like today's episode, be sure to grab a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at the Heather Sager so I can give you a shout out and celebrate the work you're doing. All right, let's dive in friend. It's going to be a good one. Welcome to another episode. I have a special treat for you today. Back to the show is my friend Tyler McCall, and we're talking about so many things today, especially around Instagram. And my favorite part about our conversation today was talking about stepping into the role of a creator versus a consumer. Now, listen up. If you're in the online space, social media, as you know, is it's part of the job how we interact on social media and how much we consume social media, it can lead you down some rabbit holes. I've had to go through my own cleanses with social media. Shout back to the episode where we talked about how to break up with your smartphone. I consistently uninstall social media apps from my phone and take breaks. But the reality is being online and being on social is part of it. But the question is, how do you use, especially Instagram, in a more intentional way, not just to like show up and also like scroll? How do you actually use it with intention to grow your online business and yes, make sales? So I asked Tyler all the questions. We also talk about what do you do when you're feeling a little meh with Instagram? Are you going through a slump? I know a lot of people right now are a little burnt out. There's some negativity happening online. There's always going to be something going on online, right? And so you'll go through slumps. We talked about what it looks like when you're feeling in a slump and how do you get back? How do you fall back in love with using the platform? We go into all of this. So I had... Tyler, come join me on a Facebook Live here, and I wanted to replay this because it is such a good conversation. You need to hear it again. And if you haven't heard it for the first time, in advance, you're welcome. It is so good, but I just love how candid Tyler is. Some of the strategies that he shares in this episode, I think are going to be really helpful. And hey, I also want to highly encourage you, the time this episode airs on May 12th, there's a really special something happening where Tyler is opening the doors to his brand new 
Follower to Fan Academy. Yep, brand new program. He has retooled his Follower to Fan framework and put it into a new course with some incredible, incredible tools and resources to help you, the online business owner, be more successful on Instagram. And I want to invite you to to participate in one of his live trainings going on this week. I'm going to include a special link in the show notes. I highly recommend it. I love it. I have been a member of his Follower to Fan Society society for a few years and I have adopted so many of the trainings and it's really helped me uh, understand how to use Instagram in a more intentional way, even when I'm feeling a little burned out and don't want to go on it. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. It is a good one. Always a joy to have Tyler on. Please help me give him some love by dropping him a DM on Instagram to tell him how much you like the show. All right, friends, I'll see you on the other side of the interview. We are live for a special hump day conversation with my friend, Tyler McCall. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing? I'm good, Heather. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? I, I'm i good. I'm good. It's like bridging on the like edge of summer in Portland, but it's the uh-huh. thing that always happens in April where it's like a big tease where the weather's beautiful and we get all excited and then it's going to start raining ferociously for the next six weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> we've had like 70 and 80 degrees days here in North Carolina. And then it's supposed to be like freezing and have frost tonight. So it's just like, what is we always get that growing up, you know, my, my dad's rule was you never plant anything until after mother's day. Cause we always get that one random like freeze and frost at the end of April. So <laughs> happening tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's like the back and forth. Although random analogy, I do feel like that is a little bit about, about entrepreneurship too, is uh-huh. like we radiate towards, like we have our own seasons and weather in our businesses. And when mm-hmm. like it's sunny and business is going well, there, I don't know, there's going to be a storm around the corner. So you got to like yes. prep up the weather change and have some good habits. Maybe we need kind of mother's day. Things will be good after that in business. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just saw the great, a great uh, post the other day from Julie from um, Funnel Gorgeous. I don't know if you know Julie and yeah, Kathy. Yeah. And Julie was saying that um, she said, nothing good happens on day three of a launch. So never make decisions about your launch on day three. She was like, day three, everything will fall apart. Nothing will be working. You're not going to get the sales. You're going to want to burn it all down. She said, first of all, that's why you only open your doors for four or five days. And then also just get through day three and everything will be okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those are the days. I always think about this in, in back when I was in corporate and I would have really, really like hard days where I knew uh-huh. that the schedule was crazy. Those were the days uh, where I would make sure I wear my good bra and my power, like my power outfit. Where I'm, yes. like, I'm going to at least look like this is going to be real good. That's what I do on day three of a launch. Like I go I in with that. Like <laughs> good bra energy and GBE. That should be, yeah, a, that should be a hashtag, a honestly. Yeah. I, that's going to become a thing online. All right. Well, we're not here to talk about the weather or my bra today on our live. Although I mean, it doesn't surprise me that these things make it way in conversation. Uh, uh, we're we're going to talk about Instagram because that's, 
I mean, you and I talk about a lot of things, but this is obviously the thing you talk about, I would say most in, in your business, right? Well, at least right now in this season, because lots of exciting things are happening. But selfishly speaking, I have some Instagram questions that uh, we haven't had a chance to connect in a while. And I wanted to like toss some questions your way and just talk about how Instagram's working for business right now. And mm-hmm. for anyone who jumps in live, if you have questions, they'll put them in the chat. Uh, we are, we're excited just to have a casual conversation. Tyler and I have no plan today. This is not a like presentation of the five steps to get fancy on Instagram. No, this is like a, what's going on with Instagram and how can we make it still feel fun and not mm-hmm. ebb into that. Oh, it's draining and annoying me because I don't know. I, I feel like that sometimes. And yeah. I'm going to confess I'm in a little bit of an Instagram rut. Okay. Oh, so right. maybe other reveals are, I think we get a little burned out a bit. So I, sure. I was hoping it could be like a dose of inspiration to help anyone who's feeling in a rut and, or they go through that. We can help mm-hmm. them kind of venture back into that and fall in love with the platform again. For sure. No, I love that. I love that. Tell me a bit. uh, I know you may not be allowed to say this, but do you (laughs) go through, do you go through Instagram moments where you're like, Oh my gosh, it's kind of draining and you feel a little bit in a rut. Yeah. Like all of 2020, I think (laughs) (laughs) all of 2020 was that for me. I think it was for a lot of us. No, I go through that too. And I, you know, I think what is, what's cool about being an educator and a coach and strategist on Instagram is that like, I can go through those moments too, and then share the the takeaways and share the experiences with my clients and with my community of like me experiencing that too. I, it would be really disingenuous for me to say like, I love Instagram all the time. Cause I, I don't, it's just not true. So we can totally talk about that. You know, I think for a lot of folks, getting into the rut comes through a little bit of, um, a little bit of comparison. I think that can definitely steal a little bit of our shine on Instagram. And then I also think it comes from like forcing the content creation and the content creation feeling very heavy and very forced and, and not, not genuine or not like exciting for us. So I think it's important for us to kind of address where it is specifically that feels ruddish. Is that a word? It is now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, the content creation thing I think is super important because I think that's where, I think that's where a lot of folks start to get burnt out. And um, there's something else too, that we talk about with our student clients around the energy you're putting into Instagram as far as the the mindset you're going into your Instagram account with. And uh, I call it the creator versus the consumer. And I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as, as coaches, consultants, whatever you're doing in your business, it's really easy to log on and use Instagram as like a normal everyday. I call them like normal everyday civilians on Instagram, yeah. like a consumer on Instagram. But what we have to do is we have to switch our focus and instead show up on Instagram as creators. And I think for some folks, that process, once they're introduced to this concept, it starts to make sense, but it requires you to kind of think about your Instagram account a little bit differently and the energy and the time you're putting into it to, to make sure it's the right energy and the right time. If that makes yeah. Sense. No, it makes total, it makes total sense. I let's, uh, let's ground that a bit. 
Because I, I I popped up a couple of these. Uh, people are yeah. saying, like, Melanie's saying, I totally agree. I'm in a rut right now. Um, I, there's somebody in the free Facebook group. I can't see. I can't see your name here. But we, we see you uh, yes. totally in a rut. And I was like, is it really possible to fall in love with Instagram? Anna recently fell in love in the pandemic and got married last year. So not that kind of love, oh Anna. Gosh. But yeah, you business love for, for sure. Ashley says, yeah, totally all of this. So, yeah. okay. So this is resonating. So we're going to stay here for a second. So tell me about when you talk about this creator and consumer, I remember when you introduced me to this concept a couple years ago, I was like, Oh yeah, I totally am still acting like the, I use Instagram for social because I'm still connected with my personal friends on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So switching that, what are a couple activities or like things that you come to mind that would say, Ooh, this is a consumer behavior versus a creator behavior. Yeah, for sure. So the consumer logs on Instagram for the sole purpose of watching and looking and consuming the content that others are creating. And I don't want you to think that I'm saying like you should never consume. Like content consumption is important. I think as as creators and look, being a modern day entrepreneur means that you, especially in the online business world, means that you are a marketer, you're a content creator, you're also HR, you're also <laughs> the CFO, you're doing like all these things. But being online as a modern day entrepreneur requires you to be a content creator. That's an important part of the work that we do. So consuming is still important because as creators, we need to fill up our own cup, right? But the content consumer logs on Instagram with the sole goal of consuming content. So it's mindlessly watching Instagram stories. It's mindlessly scrolling through the feed or the discover page. It is looking at what other people are doing and not taking any action with that information. So the creator approach to Instagram is very... It's very kind of lazy and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just kind of like, it's very like sitting back, receiving, watching, consuming. Um, you know, it's like when you're watching that new Netflix series and it auto plays to the next episode, or if you're like me, you're scrolling through TikTok, you get in bed, get all cozied up. It's like nine seventeen at night. You're like, I'm just going to watch a few TikToks before I go to sleep. And then, you know, you look at the clock and it's one thirty in the morning and your eyes hurt and you haven't stopped watching. You're like, that is consumption on Instagram. And it's not a bad thing. It's just not the right thing for us to be doing as entrepreneurs and as content creators. Yeah. So the content creator logs onto Instagram with purpose. They understand how to get the most out of the time that they have to allocate to Instagram. This is a really important distinction. They understand how to make the most of the time that they have to assign, to decide that they're going to spend on Instagram. I think where Instagram becomes a time suck and where our hatred comes from is that we, and I hear this all the time, I spend so, so much time. And if you're listening to the replay of this or you can't see, I'm quoting so much time on Instagram, but I'm not getting any results. But I would wager, I would bet you good money that if I was a little birdie on your shoulder watching over as you spent so much time on Instagram, that you may be a little bit embarrassed or you may be a little more honest with yourself about how much time you really spend on Instagram. So that's why we teach our clients inside of Follower to Fan Academy, like decide how much time you're going to spend on Instagram every day. It could be 20, maybe 30 minutes a day. And then as a creator, log in with a clear plan of attack. Know what you're going to do. 
This is why content planning is so important. This is why having a strategy is so important. This is why utilizing content themes, which is a strategy we teach our students, using these strategies is so important because you know what you're posting, having a content plan, a schedule in place, you know when you're posting it, you know why you're posting it. When you're really clear on what we call your primary objective on Instagram, you understand how this is contributing to your business goals. So you know what you're doing, the content's ready, you log in, you post, And then the rest of the time you spend engaging thoughtfully. So responding to direct messages, responding to comments, going out and doing outward engagement strategies. We teach an entire outward engagement process to our students. So going out and engaging, looking for opportunities for collaboration, and then you get in and you get out like that, you know, that like mommy toilet time in the evening when you disappear to the bathroom for 30 minutes or when you're sitting in carpool in the line of carpool or when you're waiting for your Starbucks order, like to use that, your Instagram time, you're in, you get your stuff done and you're out. And then here's the best part of this, Heather, is then you can go back to actually the business of your business, right? Like I would bet everyone here watching is not like an Instagram or first as their business, right? We're coaches, we're educators, we're consultants, we're selling services and products. We're trying to build these businesses and being on Instagram seven hours a day isn't the way we're going to do it. So I'm really passionate about helping people create a strategy, implement it, get in, do it, and then get the heck out and go back to running your business. Do you think there's this fallacy because the perception, right? When you have a strategy and you're posting intentionally every day, when other people see that, it's almost feels like you're present on social all the time. So especially newer business owners are like, Oh, I have to be on social all the time. How do you help people navigate that? There's this perception of presence, right? But not actually physically being present. Do you see, uh, especially newer entrepreneurs struggle with that a bit? And what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of folks do. And I think, um, you know, one of the biggest reasons that we start to struggle with that is because there is so much looking at other people's paper. You know, there is so much observing what other people are doing. And this is why it's really important. And something we talk about a lot inside of our community and just through all my content consistently talking about the concept of putting your blinders on and not looking at what other people are doing. You know, something we I've said before is even to the point where if you have someone that's in your niche or industry, a competitor that you can't stop yourself from looking at what they're doing, block them on Instagram, (laughs) not because you don't want them to see your content, but it keeps your nosiness away from looking at their content. And I think a lot of that comes from that. I also think Part of it too is this 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 belief that if I do more on Instagram, then I will get more results or I will get more more followers, more likes, more of the things that we think we need or the things that we think are going to make a big difference for our business, but at the end of the day, don't really make that big of an impact. So I think this is why it's really important that we have a conversation about being okay with where you are right now on social, being okay with the number of followers you have right now, understanding that the way, the best way to build your following is to focus on creating great content to serve the followers you already have. Stop looking at follower number as this thing to like accomplish or achieve. Instead, start looking at it as someone on the other side of the screen where you are working to connect with those people. And 
those shifts that you can make are, are really impactful in the work you're doing in marketing your business. You know, I've always said that, like, if you can't be grateful for the followers you have right now, what makes you think that you are even putting out the right kind of vibe or energy to attract more followers, right? If like the hundred people or 300 or 800 people that are following you right now aren't enough for you, then what do you think that is? How do you think that's coming through in your content? Yeah. Or maybe in the desperation that comes across in what you're doing, you may not even be able to, to figure out what that is right now, but it does come through. It does come across in what you're doing. So be happy with where you are. Know it's a journey. Every single person starts at zero followers. That's the best thing about social media. And um, you got to figure out how to do it in a way that makes sense for your business and with your time. Right. And so, you know, there's some people on Instagram that post, you know, three times a day and are doing all this content, but they're single and don't have kids and don't have a team and like aren't running, a, you know, aren't doing all these other things. Like that works for them. It doesn't work for other people. So you got to figure out what works best for you. Yeah. I, I think that's, what's fascinating to me is there, I've seen people be very successful doing like barely any posts and people be successful doing, uh, doing a bajillion posts. Right. And it all comes back to everyone's defining success differently. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't, I mean, you got to figure out what works for you, but you know, something that I learned about me and taking some of the strategies that I learned from you inside your programs is, uh, this idea of the daily, having a daily limit, right? Which is something that we all know, or even our phones tell us, like, do you want to set daily limits? Which side note, y'all, if you have a like toxic relationship with your phone and have addiction issues, go back on the podcast. I talked about one of the best books I read last year, which was How to Break Up with Your Smartphone. It was such a good book. I summarized it in a little book review on the podcast. So go back to that. I'll um, drop the link into the, the notes here when we're done. But um, one of the things that I learned was I was becoming really frustrated with the daily um, allocation because mm-hmm. whenever I would do like an IG live or there was yeah. something happening, I would then be like, oh, and then I would start tricking my brain to go, it's okay to like hit the little code and go over the thing. So what I've shifted to is a weekly allotment. Kind of mm-hmm. like how, you know, some financial people teach like an envelope system where it's uh-huh. like you have $300 for groceries. And when you're done, you don't eat. Uh, I do that with my Instagram where it's like this yeah. week I have this much time. And mm-hmm. if I blow it all on Monday and Tuesday, well, screw me for not allocating my time. So that, that helps me go, do I have a week where I do need to be more engaged? Am I doing a lot more of, I don't know, IG lives or whatever else. Uh, But that weekly allowance, that was a shift that really helped me because the daily thing didn't, it wasn't working for me. It was actually counterproductive than, than helpful. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the things that I really love about your teaching style is you're not very prescriptive as in like, fill in the blank and do X. You're like, let's talk about the underlining strategy. So you can determine Mm -hmm. how, like what success and what things look like in your business. So can you talk a little bit of just about your philosophy around that in general? Cause we have a really shared outlook on this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if you are a student of mine, or if you become a student of mine inside of our program, you'll, you'll learn pretty quickly that we are not, as you said, we are not prescriptive in how we teach our Instagram strategy. At the end of the day, what we do inside of our program, Follower to Fan Academy, is not teaching you like 
fill in the blank, follow the, follow the leader, do this, do that. We're teaching you the concepts and strategies of messaging, branding, and positioning yourself using your Instagram account and empowering you to create a strategy that makes sense for you in your particular business, in your niche. The reason that we're not prescriptive on what we do is because prescriptive types of education and resources don't work. They just don't. They're, it's not, it's not those types of resources, especially when it comes to marketing, they aren't taking into consideration your unique brand voice, your unique perspective, your lived experience, your values, and how you want to showcase those online, the amount of time that you actually do have to spend on social, the amount of energy that you do have to spend on social, um, your physical ability to spend that time on your Instagram account. There's a lot of things that go into creating great content, showing up on Instagram, having conversations with other people. And I find so many times when we are, when, when you're being educated in such a strict, strict prescriptive manner, it really sets you up for failure because you're never going to be able to do it exactly the way that they tell you to do it. Um, I also think another piece of this is that, and look, I'm not, I don't want to like speak negatively of other Instagram educators or other marketers out there, but I am a firm believer in the fact that we really need to understand how someone built their chops, like got their experience, honed their craft for what they teach and understand the lens that they bring into how they teach. So for example, I teach what I know for Instagram marketing because I've been doing it for half a decade. I've ran dozens of Instagram accounts. I ran a successful Instagram marketing agency for a number of years. Then I was a coaching consultant. I worked inside of agencies as their their contracted in-house social strategist when they didn't have someone on their team. I've worked in all different types of businesses from hotels to local gift shops, to restaurants, to wedding businesses, to um, jewelry design businesses, to startups, to tech companies across the board. And then we created a system for follower to fan that we've now talked to thousands of entrepreneurs over the past nearly four years now. So we've built all of this kind of body of work and all these skills and honed it through doing this work with our clients. Whereas there are other Instagram educators who found success on Instagram through their particular experience as a creator and then started teaching people how to emulate their experience. And I hate to break it to you, but that experience, the skills, the strategies they use to build their presence, they're not transferable. And I don't think we talk about that enough because the way that someone builds their presence online with their unique voice and their unique perspective, no one else can do that. Only they can do that. So it's really important that you, and I think this is, Heather, I think something you and I both share and we're passionate about is like the keys to success in your business are to learn the principles and strategies and and skills and frameworks, but then you got to do it yourself. Like you can't outsource the doingness in your business. Like you kind of have to try, you have to fumble, you have to figure it out. Like right now we're in the middle of a launch and I was just meeting earlier today with my marketing manager and I was telling her, I said, I really look forward to after this launch is over for us to do a a debrief and a postmortem on this launch because there's lots of stuff that we could have done better and we wouldn't have known it unless we did it. So it's just that important reminder. And Instagram is the same thing. Like you got to just get in there and do it. You got to just figure it out and fumble around and have post flop and have live videos that no one shows up for and not worry about it and just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like embracing that, right? You have to skin your knee a little bit. You have to go through those pieces. I 
I, I'm a big believer of this. I went on a rant on an IG live a couple weeks ago around how I feel like the swipe files and the templates and the fill in the blank are making people not so bright. It's, it's, we're outsourcing our thinking. And I think our best asset as entrepreneurs is our ability to think and be creative, to strategize, individualize. And when we outsource parts of our business that are true to our brand voice or how we show up in the world, we're, it, it's like, I always say, it's like, it, I love Siri. Let's go to my cell phone real quick. I love Siri. And I love the fact that I can say, hey, Siri, give me directions to wherever, right? And then I don't have to think that I can get in the car and have Siri tell me turn by turn how to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I realized years ago that whenever I did that, I wasn't paying attention to where I was going. So when I would get to the destination, I would have to say, Siri, tell me how to get home because I didn't know how to get back to my own house. And I definitely couldn't get to wherever I just drove again. And for some things I'm okay with that, right? Like don't, I don't need to know certain things around my business, but other things that I like, I'm going to own and are going to have outcomes and I'm going to do again. I, if I'm not thinking, if I'm outsourcing my thinking and just following someone else's directions, I don't know what to question. And when I get frustrated or results are not happening, uh, quite frankly, it's easy to blame other people or easy to get frustrated and overwhelmed because you don't know what to do. So then you scrap it and then you go look for the next swipe file or easy thing to go do. And then you go through the whole chain and cycle over and over again. So I just think we need to put far more value on our own ability to problem solve and be creative and think because that's the asset of being an entrepreneur is we can do that. And I think, I think we need to be comfortable working through that struggle bus a bit to allow ourselves to fail because that's where we learn the most, as you just said, like with launches. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. You know, I think so much of the marketing strategies that the next best way to launch the next best way to do this thing, um, the next best business model, right? Like, should I have high tickets? Should I have a a, a coaching program? Should I have a course? Should I have a membership? Should I do this or that? And the reason people stay stuck in that bouncing from thing to thing to thing is because we don't take time to be really bad at something and then learn how to get good at it. Like that's just what we have to do. Right. And I think, you know, there, there come moments in our business where we're like, you know what, this isn't working. I got to scrap and go with something else. But I also think that if we stop looking for the, the quick fix and the next best thing, and we stop expecting results immediately, <laughs> we understand that overnight success takes, takes years. Then we can give ourselves a lot more grace and way more space to figure this out and to put in the work. I was just chatting recently with my friend, Jerisha Hawk, who I love and admire in the work. I love her. I love her. I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a fangirl from the side that goes into her DMS every once in a while. Yes. (laughs) And we were talking recently about how many online business owners refuse to do the work that it takes to make their programs better. How we allow our egos to prevent us from ever even hearing negative feedback from customers or clients and that we then won't do anything. And and because we don't allow ourselves to hear that feedback, we never take a moment to make our programs better. Just recently we had someone in our student community say, I wanted to, I want to feature some of my clients. Um, and I was going to tag them in the post where I feature them as a testimonial, but then I got scared that if they decided they didn't like the program, people could find them and reach out and ask them why they didn't like it. 
I think we need to, we need to do more of welcoming that kind of feedback. We need to be okay with people not liking our programs. We need to be okay with things not being the right fit for someone. We need to be okay with giving people their money back when it makes sense to give them their money back. And I think if we can get into that place of, you know, it's abundance minded, it's, um, it's being more empathetic and understanding of other people. And it also takes away this, this expectation that it all has to work. It all has to work right now. And if it doesn't work, everything's going to fall apart. It's terrible, awful, evil. It's never going to work. What am I going to do? Right. Yeah. I mean, I took years to learn how to ride a bicycle. Like when I was a child, my brother, I think I was maybe five or six, probably six or seven years old. So my brother was two years younger. He was already on his bicycle at like five years old. He, at one point he was on his bicycle and he went into my dad's toolbox to find a wrench to try and take the training wheels off the bicycle (laughs) himself. Whereas it took me another probably five years until I finally learned how to ride a bicycle. And I had the bruises and the scrapes and the bruised ego to go with not knowing how to ride a bicycle until I was almost a preteen. Like I spent so many of those years and I had, you know, sat, I hated Saturdays as a kid because after all of our chores were done Saturday morning, dad had mowed the lawn, mom had done things in the house. I knew dad was going to take me to the elementary school across the street and put me on a bicycle in the middle of the field and push me until I just kind of went for a little bit and then fell over. I never understood you actually had to pedal to like get momentum and keep going on a bicycle. It's hard. Like that's it's hard. Easy. I <laughs> Um, and eventually I learned because my dad put me on a bicycle in a parking lot at the elementary school one Sunday afternoon. It was actually on father's day. And he said, we're not leaving here until you learn how to ride a bicycle. And I said, what if I don't know how before the sun goes down? And he said, we're not leaving here until you learn how to ride a bicycle. And I learned how to ride a bicycle that day. And when I tell you, Heather, the rest of my childhood, I was on that bike every moment I could be because I loved it. But if I would have quit, I never would have learned how much I love riding a bicycle. And it took so long. It took so much effort. It took so much messing up. I think I had to like get a new bicycle at one point because I got too big <laughs> for the one I had when I was younger. I'm seeing like your little knees <laughs> popping up like <laughs> Yeah. But the key lesson is I finally learned you had to pedal to gain momentum. Yeah. And you know, something I, I've always kind of believed and understood is like you can't read a brochure on how to ride a bicycle and then know how to ride a bicycle. You actually have to get on the bicycle and learn how to do it. And the same thing is true. You can't take an Instagram course and then know how to use Instagram. You've got to start posting on Instagram and figuring out how to do it. Yeah. We have that shared thing. I always joke all the time when people are exploring wanting to learn how to become better speakers that people want to study speaking, but hello, you can't get better speaking until you actually speak out loud. And What's funny is we're afraid of our own voices because we don't want to sound dumb or we hear everybody else sounding so great, but we're unwilling to struggle and not make sense. And therefore we just kind of like avoid it or we just show up and wing it and then blame it on, well, I didn't have time to plan. Like, of course it wasn't perfect. I didn't plan for it. Next time I'll plan, but then we never do. Like, I, I totally relate with with that piece. If you have to do the work, you have to, you have to struggle. Brendan Burchard says all the time, honor the struggle. It's one of my go-to phrases. I always embrace around when I'm feeling struggle and I'm feeling resistance or feeling like, Oh, this is hard. Of course it is. Like it's a new skill. Like it doesn't mean that you're terrible or not smart or that what you need another thing. Like it just means it's new. It's a skill and skills take time to cultivate. 
I think if we embrace that more of what skills can we learn, I think we would be far less emotional about some of these aspects of our businesses and actually just do the work and plow through that discomfort quicker. Yeah, I totally agree. And the emotional component is important there, right? Because I think something else we have to do, especially in our marketing, especially when using a platform like Instagram, is we have to separate our worth from the results that we're getting in our business and through our Instagram account, right? Like the number of likes you get on that post, the number of watchers or viewers you get on that video are not indicative of your worth as a human being. The results, the success you see in your business or the success you don't see, again, is not indicative of the fact that you are inherently worthy. So this is where, you know, the self-work is important. This is why entrepreneurship is like self-development on steroids and it requires that focus and that attention to the work that is required of this. Um, And it's also why you never like graduate from entrepreneurship. (laughs) You like have to keep doing it, right? You don't get... (laughs) It's you don't get to a point where you're like, I'm done. I did all the things. Like, <laughs> I made it. No, no, you're just no. getting started, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, let's. Uh, we're covering so many good things. And by the way, shout out to those in the in the comments that this is resonating. So we we're talking about Instagram ish, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're kind of dancing around it, but I think all these things really relate back in. So th- thinking about that piece, let's talk about the identity of a business owner as an entrepreneur as it relates to Instagram. I want to dance in this lane for just a moment because. What I think happens, what you were just talking about, right? How people wrap their own success up in the success of their business. Like if our if our launch didn't go well, or if our follower count's not growing, or I don't know, whatever whatever thing we put in our head as the next measure of success. Yeah. If that's not working, somehow we're broken. Something's not quite right. People don't like us. We're not enough. Like all these head games we have, right? That are really emotional based. One of the challenges I see a lot with Instagram is we're on a platform where we're playing with personal brands, business brands, and then people who are on Instagram is their personal account. Like they don't mm-hmm. have businesses or this it's not a thing that they're trying to make money from, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a hobby or something different. So with this mishmash of that, I see it, it, it's really difficult as a business owner to show up and separate the identity from themselves. Because in most situations of people who are in my community, their brand is their personal brand. There's no separation between their name and their brand. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about, because you've been open about this. You've talked about before your own struggles sometimes with being able to separate the two. Mm -hmm. Can can you talk a little bit about how how you would speak to someone who maybe is struggling right now with hanging too much of their worth or their identity in not necessarily just Instagram, but their business persona in general? For sure. Yeah. So I think there's a few things you can do here that can can help with this. So the first thing is to understand that when you are showing up online as your brand and posting on Instagram, going live on Facebook, writing an email to your community, whatever it may be, you are showing up in the role in serving the business, right? You're showing up as the CEO of your company, as the marketing director, as the content writer, as a social media manager for your company. That's the role that you are serving in those moments. And that you have a very specific responsibility to the business to serve the business in that way. What helps me when I think about it this way, it also reminds me that I could be fired from that role if I'm not serving the business in the way that it needs. (laughs) 
And I think this is a really important shift. When I started growing my team and hiring employees, I had to understand that I now sit in two seats as the founder of the company and then also as the CEO of the company. As the founder, no one can ever take that away. That will always be my thing. But as the CEO of the company, I have to serve the company in a specific way. I The company expects something of me. So the same is true for you. Even right now, if it's just you or you and a virtual assistant or online business manager, the same thing is true. You're just wearing way more hats than you may realize right now. And you're serving the business in those ways. So I think that's the first thing to understand. Like you are filling a role in the company. You are serving the business in a specific type of lane. The next thing to consider is your personal brand is a, is a, is a, a, it's like a digital rep- digital representation of you. It's you alive in the online world, but it's not you. At the end of the day, you get to decide where the boundaries begin and end. You get to decide what is off limits and what is fair play. You get to decide what you talk about and what you don't talk about. You get to decide how you speak, what you say, what you don't say. You get to decide how much of you you want to put in and how much of you you want to hold back. And it's really up to you. Now, what I'm not saying here is that when you're online, it's this totally fake and phony facade of who you really are. That's not what we're going for here because people can see right through it. I mean, y'all, let's be honest. We've seen the fake and phony facades over the past year come crumbling down as people have really shown us who they are, right? So we're not going to do that. We're not being fake and phony. We're just deciding what the boundary is, right? So for example, in my business or on my Instagram account, I talk about myself. I talk about my husband. I talk about the things I enjoy. And I even share vulnerable bits of my life. I've talked about my father's death in 2017 and how that impacted my life. I've talked about living with migraines. I've talked about navigating depression and anxiety. I've talked, I've talked about money stuff. I've talked about all of those things. But I have boundaries too, things that I don't talk about. I don't really talk about my family beyond talking about my father's death because there's stuff and stories there that aren't mine to share and that I don't feel like are of value to my community. I don't share every detail of my personal life or like what I'm doing in therapy right now because I'm not trying to like uh, like make myself feel better by dumping my garbage on strangers on the internet, right? And I also am very clear in saying like, I'm not here to make friends on my Instagram account. Like I'm building this account. I'm building a business. I want to support you. I want to help you as best I can through my content, but like I'm good in the friend department. Okay. Like I'm not looking for my next BFF on Instagram. And I think being able to have those boundaries and talk about those boundaries is really, really important. You know, I have, I have clients, I've had clients before who say things like, you know what, I'm a mom, but I don't want to show my child on Instagram because they can't consent to being shown. So I don't feel like I want to do that. Or I want to show my children, but in this particular way, or I don't want to talk about these components of my life. And I never once have said, well, you have to, if you want to be successful, because I don't believe that you do. So that's part of it too, getting really clear of like what's off limits for you and what is fair game that you want to talk about. And then the last thing I'll say can we hold on real quick? Cause I have, yeah. there was something that I had a visceral reaction when you said something and I had to yeah. have a moment where I was like, I want to explore this because I think other people might be too. When you said, I don't use Instagram. I don't, I don't need more friends. I'm not there to make friends. Yeah. There is an instant, like that's true. And it's a struggle because inherently social media platforms have this built in likes, friend requests, followers. And there is this desire. I think of a lot of entrepreneurs is you want to be popular. We think popular means profitable. And there's this pursuit of that. And 
there's a lot of uh, high perceived, um, I don't know, good stuff for networking, right? Build mm-hmm. your business besties, build your network of people. Everybody's trying to socialize with one another. And as we've seen a lot of discussions around real friendships online versus facade friendships and mm-hmm. just that whole thing I'm really curious about. So I want to, I want to like right through that piece that you just said um, in a good way. We're not on Instagram to make friends. We're good in the friend department. I feel like that's an honest question. We all have to ask ourselves is deep yeah. down. Is that true? And are we operating in that way right now? Because I'm going, oh, I'm kind of guilty of this, of I do socialize and build friendships on Instagram. And if I want to do that, that's great. But is that truly my intention? I I think we'll need to maybe revisit that. Did you have that outlook from the get-go or do you have to learn that? I had to learn it. Yeah. I mean, three, four years ago, it was totally a totally different approach. My business was in a different place though, right? Like I was in a different place where I, I, um, uh, you know, I was looking for something different from my Instagram account. So it's something that's changed over time. Um, and look, you may be at a stage in your business or a season in life where building relationships, finding friends, finding your best besties is important to you, in which case more power to you. Like Instagram is an incredible place to do that, but you also don't have to want that either. Right. And I love this comment from Rachel. Rachel's our marketing manager for our company. So she and I talk about this all the time, but um, yes, the internet may not have boundaries, but I do, which is so true. Yeah. It's such a good reminder. (laughs) But I think, I think Heather, this is where it's really important again, that you are clear on your objective with your Instagram account. Like, what do you want it to be? I was just talking uh, yesterday. I got to, to speak to the Rising Tide Society community for their Global Tuesdays Together event. And we were talking about podcasting. And I was saying how your podcast, if you want to start a podcast, can serve a multitude of purposes. Like, you could start a podcast to sell your stuff. You could start a podcast to grow your audience. You could start a podcast with the sole goal of having people on your podcast for interviews so that then you could get on their podcast for interviews and expand your reach. Like, there's no right or wrong answer here. But what is your goal? What is your objective with what you're doing? We talk about this a lot in in, in follower to fan with Instagram. Like, what is the thing you want to accomplish with your account? Then build the strategy from that objective instead of building it backwards and saying, well, I need to do this. I need to post this. I need to create reels. I need to go here. No, no, no. Before we ever decide what you need to do, let's figure out what you're trying to do, what the goal is, and then allow that to inform everything else that you're doing on the platform. Yes. Okay. I love, I love that. Okay. I jumped in. I wanted to hit on that piece because I think, I think that's the real things that people, they're embarrassed to say out loud, right? We're embarrassed to say, oh, we, we know we're not supposed to focus on follower count, but we like to know that it's growing. We know that we're not supposed to care about those things, but in like inside, we do like so i think we have to voice those things and get real honest with ourselves is if we're not reaching the goals whatever our goals we've set whatever our level of success if we're not if we're not happy with the progress we're making i think we have to ask ourselves some real and honest questions around mm-hmm. are we living in alignment with the strategies and the objectives that we have um, and I, yeah. I love that talking about that idea of friends not being there to make friends that's not an offensive thing to say some people might be like mm-hmm. it, it's we're in business. We're not, we're, we're not there trying to make friends, although we can be friendly with clients and, and, and I have made mm-hmm. client friends on Instagram. That's not the goal, right? It's just a beautiful benefit that happens sometimes. Yeah. I, I interrupted you. We were talking about this idea around how to maintain boundaries, that separation piece. Do you remember the third thing you were going yeah. to say? 
I do. Yes. And then I think this has to be my last thing because unfortunately I have another, yeah. another Let's appointment. Do it. You've been so generous uh, with your time. <laughs> give us that little nugget. Um, so the last thing I was saying is really the, the three concepts that we talk about inside a follower to fan, which I think really help with this. One is the primary objective. So getting clear on what that is for most business owners, your primary objective is either going to be to generate leads for your business. So to get email subscriber leads to generate inquiries for your services or professional services in your business, or to generate sales directly from the platform. So getting clear on what that objective is and allowing that to inform your strategy. The next thing is the concept of content themes. So coming up with the three to five types of content, three to five core messages that you're going to talk about the most often. And then you just talk about those things and you do those things over and over and over again. Repetition is your friend here. Repetition is how you build authority. It's how you build recognition. It's how you establish yourself in your niche. So talking about the same things over and over again helps massively here. And then the last thing is a strategy we teach called shared experiences. And this is how we conceptualize the personal things that we talk about on social media. So shared experiences are just the two to three things. They could be hobbies, interests, um, uh, things that you genuinely enjoy and care about or are interested in doing as a real life human outside of your brand that you also share with your audience that you can create content around and talk about to establish a relationship and build rapport that is outside of your goal of selling a product or program or service to that person. So it's things like travel, hiking, fitness, parenting, shopping, home decor, things like that, that have nothing to do with what you sell. So for me, I'm an Instagram marketer, but I talk about my love of Target. That's a shared experience. It has nothing to do with what I sell. So those are just three concepts that you can kind of start thinking about. Like, what is my primary objective? What are the three to five types of content, my content themes that I'm going to talk about the most often? And then what are the two or three things, my shared experiences that I can talk about that don't have anything to do with what I sell, but that can help me build a relationship with my community? I love that. I think that ties just things up in a bow around where people can focus on to take action now Mm -hmm. to start just getting a little bit more strategic with their Instagram. Okay. You've been so generous with your time today, Tyler. I love catching up with you. you. Thank you so much for this. Uh, You have a lot of free, amazing content available right now for people Mm -hmm. to jump up and gobble and continue to learn with you. Where's the best place for people to stay connected? Yeah, head on over to tylerjmccall.com forward slash roadmap to grab your free copy of the Instagram roadmap. We totally revamped this free resource for 2021. So inside you'll find information on what's working now on Instagram, mistakes you may be making based on what used to work on the platform, a really cool two-page spread that we did that breaks down all the features of Instagram and when to use them, pros and cons, and how to use each one from your feed to reels to live to Instagram TV, whatever it may be, and some other resources in there. And then the doors to our new course, the follower to fan Academy open on May 10th. So you can head over to follower to fan.com right now and hop on that wait list. And we'll let you know when the door is open. Perfect. I can't wait. I already have my access. Like not, I don't have access yet, but I already, I'm like, I'm in, I'm already in the Academy. Yes. Sign me up. This is wonderful. So thank you. Thank you so much. You are just a true master and uh, just an incredible human being. Thank you so much for being here today and wishing you all the luck with your upcoming lunch. Thanks. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for having me. And thanks for Bye watching. Bye friends. Thanks everyone. for joining us live today. We'll catch you real soon. 